0: Now, we have been going through or started a series on the five points of Calvinism. Uh, And these five points of Calvinism uh, really have an acronym, which is uh, TULIP. That is total depravity of man, unconditional election, which we're going to see today. Hopefully, a li- limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. These these make up uh, because b- these make up um, the world view of Reformed Baptists, who are Calvinistic. Uh, in terms of worldview, we are Calvin. Uh, we are Calvinistic. In our soteriology our doctrine of salvation we started last week with T, or oh, sorry a couple of weeks back with the the the, the, um, the letter t in the acronym tulip and that was a total depravity of man we discovered that mankind is totally unable to save himself from the demise and the mire and the wreck he is in and that only God by His sovereign grace can save him from sin and we alluded to texts such as Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 3 where Paul says And you were dead in your trespasses and sins or in which you once walked following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience now the apostle paul makes it clear that mankind is sinful mankind is dead in his trespasses in his natural element he is a sinner and he needs god unless god himself unless god himself awakens him from the slumber and from the death he cannot come remember the words of the lord jesus christ John chapter 6 verse 44 which says uh, uh, you can, when Jesus was having a discourse with the with the with the Jews and the Pharisees and, and the teachers of the law he says do not fool yourself unless the father draws you you cannot come you cannot believe in the Lord Jesus Christ unless it's by the sovereign grace of the of our great God now today we'll be looking at what we call the doctrine of unconditional election so 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 it 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 makes logical sense that after we have seen that mankind is unable to save himself unable to go to god unless god draws him um we go into the trajectory of unconditional election that Those who have been drawn by God himself It is not that God Sort of foresaw or or foreknew That this person will be a lovely person And thus God would save them No, 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 that is not unconditional election Unconditional election is that God by his sovereign grace and mercy Saves those that are that are in sin, and not—it's not because of who, how beautiful they are, or you know, maybe their skin color, as some would suggest, or even their gender, but it's because of His sovereign grace. Let us look at uh, to set the ball in motion. Uh, Ephesians chapter one, verse three to four, and I also read verse eleven, just for uh, to, to 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 get a context. To get the ball rolling so that we're being biblical. We're not just stating uh, things out of the blue. But we're seeing what the scriptures are teaching. Ephesians chapter 1 verse uh, 3 and 4. And then I'll also read verse 11. And this is the word of God penned down by the Apostle Paul himself. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. So, th- there you go, election. You can't deny that there is God electing. The, he uses the word, they chose in him before where? The foundation of the world. Look at verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will so you see the reason for the predestination in him. We have been obtained uh, We have been obtained inheritance having been predestined He has the reason according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will verse 12 so that we Who were so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of of his glory, and then he goes on as he states what God has done in the first three chapters of Ephesians and chapter. So, uh, um, as 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 Doctor Vodibozham puts it, in the first three chapters of Ephesians you've got indicatives, what God has done, and then in the last uh, three chapters you've got imperatives, what you should do. In response to what God has done now there are many who sadly deny the doctrine of election but there are also some who agree on the doctrine of election but have a different view than what is in the Bible even as we will see as well in Romans chapter 9 as we read Jacob I loved Esau I hated and you also see in Exodus where, you know, God hardens, uh, you know, the heart of Pharaoh. And then Paul comes up in, in, in Romans chapter 9 and says, you know, this is what was God's plan. For God said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. So the, the, the truth about the, the truth that the Bible brings forth. Is that not everyone will be saved? And now many people will say, "Ah, uh, is that is that really fair, brother? Or is that really, is that fair of God?" As I quoted last time when I said, "There's a, a, a an old lady who went to Charles Haddon and Spurgeon. I and said, Spurgeon, you know, I, I've got great difficulty. Why did God not choose Esau?" And then Spurgeon said, "Lady, that's not my problem. But my problem is that." Why did God love Jacob in the first place? Jacob was the most unlikely person to be loved by God. He was a crook. He he stole the birthright of his brother and fled. And and he worked for Laban for for, for many years and was also duped in terms of, you know, his his wife, he was given Leah. And we, we know all the stories. And he eventually got Rachel, but was a crook he was a deceiver his name was deceiver and his name was eventually changed to israel by god himself but god still loved him but did if you think about logically did jacob deserve to be loved by god and the answer is no do you and i deserve to be loved by god no those who believe that they deserve to be loved by god have a false view of the total depravity of man. In fact, they've got a false view of what the Bible teaches. Because we are sinners, we are re- we are in rebellion against God. We are on a crash course. Picture this. Before you are saved, before you are a Christian, before you are born again, all of you are on the on the wide path. You are running as fast as as fast as possible away from God and then God picks you up and takes you for himself. So even as R.C. Sproul puts it, that picture these two circles, or oh, this one circle. When you have this one circle, you 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 sort of split it into two circles, where in one circle you had those who were not saved, and you saved them and you put them in this circle. Asus Paul says, the ones who have been saved, that is God's grace. And the ones who have not been saved, that is God's justice, because God is just. And Paul says, uh, you know, in Romans chapter 9, towards the end, he says, "Who Who are you, O man? Just in case you think there's a slight inclination in your mind, to think or to accuse God of being unjust. Who are you? Shall the, 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 the clay say to the potter, why have you made me like this? That's what Paul says. But anyway, let's continue. Because we've got a, a bit of uh, stuff to cover. But we'll be done soon, the Lord willing. So first of all, I want us to, I want to, to give the reformed view of election the reformed view of election is known as unconditional election. The opposite of unconditional is conditional. So there are people who hold on to conditional election who say that God saved, God uh, foreknew who he would save based on the fact that, based on what they would become or how good they would be. That's the, that's, people say, okay, there's election, but God foreknew whom he would save. Now, the reformed view is that, or uh, I would say the biblical view, is that God, da- uh, um, God does not foresee an action or condition on our part that induces him to save us. Rather, election rests on God's sovereign decision to save Whomever he is pleased to save. Now, we don't know who the elector. We just go and preach the gospel. And hope and plead. That's why that's why we plead to God. When somebody comes to say, and says, uh, Pastor Joe, my, 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 my child is not a Christian, uh, you know, pray, pray for them. We are showing total dependence on God, whom has had mercy on us. To also have mercy on that person and when God, when and if God does that, it confirms what happened in eternity past. And some some other names that are given to this doctrine is unmerited favor or sovereign election. Now the opposite of unmerited favor is merited favor. So believe it or not, there are some people who think that they deserve to be saved. Through their works, through their actions, if someone is given to charity, and gi- and doing all sorts of good works, they they will therefore then stand and say, yes, I am going to heaven because in it is so. And that's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that if you are going to go to heaven, the basis of that going is because of Christ, not because of you. And 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 that should leave us in an empty, barren um sort of uh what i would call um remorseful state because we are sinners we are at the mercy of god and that is why we should love one another and forgive one another in the in the body of christ you know forbearance because of what god has done for us we don't deserve it in marriage you know forgiving one another loving one another etc etc and the bible teaches that god well we've already read this that God um, chooses people based on his own purposes and his desire to show grace to undeserving sinners not us not us and that is why when you think about it it's it's it's, it's almost incomprehensible to say how is it i am able to know these things I as sinner think of the apostle paul's life before he was saved, A soul of Tarsus going to Damascus to to persecute Christians, to to um, sort of arrest them. But he met the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ met him on the road to Damascus and he became a slave. Acts chapter 9 verse 16. The Lord Jesus Christ says, no, let him let him be for I will show him that he must be a slave for my cause. And so how just God changes. You know, when God really saves you, you cannot deny. That is sovereign power. That is God's grace. When people say, no, you know, I cringe. When people say, hey, you mean I can resist God? When God truly calls you, you cannot resist. That is the maker of the universe, the all-powerful God. The one who spoke things into into, into um, existence. The moment he says, come, you will come. The moment he says, that is my child, you will change. Even the most unlikely people, the people you see on the streets, you say, ah, this one, who you cannot be saved. Ah, he's too much of a sin. That is actually limiting God's power. And we, we ought to preach to everyone, friends. We ought to even go to the depths of the depths of the people who are, you know, the one we call outcasts. To preach the gospel. They need the gospel. And who knows? <coughs> who knows? So, basically, I want to say that this debate, uh, if we were to get into theological terms, is the monogism versus syne So, mona or mono is one, sine is two or three people. So, basically... Monergism monogism is that God is the one that saves you without you helping him. You're helpless, you're a sinner. Synergism is where, is where people believe that God and the sinner help each other. You know, you help God to save you. And also known as Arminianism versus Calvinism or Pelagianism versus Ogre. Stenianism. And this is where the, this is the pivotal point in this debate between the Calvinistic doctrine of unconditional election versus the Armenian doctrine of conditional election. If one believes election is unconditional, then one will tend towards a monogistic view of salvation. If one holds to a view that election is based on God's foreknowledge of who who would believe in him, then one turns towards the synergistic view. But of course, we do know that even those who hold to us, they are are God's children. There are some that are in the synergistic camp that are truly saved. And so we must be gracious in how we engage each other on these issues and show each other from the scriptures. I'll read just... uh, a point from the 1689, our confession of faith, uh, which talks about God's decree in chapter 3. It says, although God, in point 2, although God knoweth whatsoever may or can come to pass upon all supposed com- conditions, yet hath he not decreed anything because he, for- he foresaw it as future or as that which would not come to pass? Upon such condition, so God, God did not sit there, or, or God does not sit there and and just you know things come up and he's is surprised. He he knows the beginning to the end, and he has it has been decreed exactly as it will happen, even even to the to the tiniest iota, even wars and and famines and problems and whatever tribulation they' they're happening the way they're supposed to be happening and so that in point5 it says those of mankind that are predestined to life god before the foundation of the world was laid according to his eternal and immutable purpose and the secret counsel and good pleasure of it so there's a secret counsel of god god knows why he why some things happen and why they don't god knows why he saved someone and left some God knows why he he loved Esau. Sorry, he loved Jacob and hated Esau. God knows why he rejected Cain's sacrifice and accepted Abel's. I'll I'll close by looking at uh, Romans chapter 9 quickly because that is the classic classic text which talks about, you know, this unconditional election, that, and and, an unconditional election friends, humbles us. (laughs) Nothing in our hands we bring. We we, we, we deserve death, but Christ saved us from sin because of, you know, God's sovereign uh, will and grace. Not because of what we have done, not because of who we are, I, I I I definitely do not deserve to be saved. If you look at if I look think of my life and where I was, never. I will read from verse uh, yeah verse verse uh, six <coughs> to get a context. <clears throat> Romans chapter nine verse six. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham. Because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God. So it means that not the ones who are it's not through bloodline. But the children of promise are counted as offspring, for this is what the promise said. You see? So, the children of promise. About this time next year, I will return, and Sarah shall have a son. And not not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our forefather, Isaac, though they were not yet born. And had not done nothing either, sorry, and had done nothing either good or bad. So this was even before there were any works or any mischievousness. In order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of his call. She was told the old, the, so even before they were born, they were, the, 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 the marching orders were, were put in place. The, the, the stamp as it were, were the door was, was sealed shut. There was nothing that Esau could do in his life to attain salvation because his fate was sealed in, <laughs> in eternity past. There was nothing. Listen to the word of God. As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, listen to, God's secret counsel, his justice, his will, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion, so that it depends not on human." Will or, uh, uh, or exertion. But on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh. For this very, pu- very, very purpose. I have raised you up. That I might show you my power. Show my power in you. And that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whom whomever he, will, he wills. And he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then. Why? It's almost like the Apostle Paul is anticipating a riot. He's anticipating an uprising. He's anticipating, you know, we live in a world where people love to riot and protest. eh, Rights, my rights, whatever, whatever. This is what the Apostle Paul was expecting. He says, no, no, no. Why does he still, you say to me, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out the same lump one vessel for honored use and another for dishonorable use? So in other words, there are some people fashioned for destruction and for dishonorable purposes. But this is not even to say, it's not in a glorious way. We do not celebrate that. So to say, In fact, we have no right to say that to people. What we have to do is to preach the gospel because you don't know whether that person will be saved or not. So what if God desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power has endured with much patience vessels of wrath uh, prepared for destruction. So the people who were prepared. So for example, the son of perdition, Judas Iscariot. He was prepared for such a time as if you go to John chapter 17, I think verse 4 there, somewhere there, or going down, you'll see that judas was the son of perdition he he was going to betray it was predestined it was sealed the deal was sealed in eternity past Um, which he has prepared beforehand for his glory even as whom he has called not from the jews only but also from the gentiles etc etc now i would like to leave us with a few thoughts what are the implications of why are we learning this First of all, we need to know that this should make our evangelism urgent. We have an urgency. It's an emergency. It's not something that we lie down and say, ah, okay, so God, you will save whomever you will save. God provides a means and an ends. So, the means is there. The ends, you are supposed to be the vessel, go. But secondly... Because of unconditional election, the gospel itself uh, has, has definite, there's a guaranteed success that God will save his people. Look at you and I here. We are professing Christ. Where did we come from? Where are we going? Where did we come from? And so, be so, so. Be patient be beforebearing, be enduring on people who are not saved. family members, uh, friends continue to trust in God for their salvation. Do not dust your sandals too quickly. Do not give up as HB Charles says, do not give up on God. Do not do not uh, give up or, 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 or shrink in terms of God's sovereign grace and mercy. And thirdly, this brings us to worship. Worshiping God because we in spirit and in truth, because it really humbles you as someone. That all you are, all you have, even some of these blessings that you don't ask for, they are a result, as a result of God's, sovereign plan in how you have been elected into his into his uh family into his into his household so to speak and he continues to take care of you and feed you and, and, and nurture you and give you the the means of grace the church of god the holy Spirit, the comforter who lives in us who resides in those who are saved and he's the one who continues to add to the church where you see when it, the, the the word of god says when an unbeliever comes to the lord there is celebration in the courts of heaven the angels celebrate that is that should cause us to celebrate the, those testimonies of saying you, you you became a Christian when you you, you are saved you are part of us, but it's not because of you and that is why when you think about these prosperity preachers and all that stuff, they they they, they cannot endure such doctrines. They cannot endure unconditional election. They cannot endure that God. Has chosen for himself a people and this must humble us It must it must bring us to worship in trembling when the, when the Apostle Paul says work therefore work out your salvation in fear and in trembling you know you have to come to God in in, in reverence and awe it's not something to be taken lightly to say some people who just you know they, they blaspheme God they take god as as some sort of genie as as an afterthought when you talk to people out in the streets i was i was in a i was in a taxi the other day i was going to town and this guy i was talking to him as a taxi driver and i was asking him ah you know how are you brother then he says to me ah I was like, Sky God. <laughs> it's like and all that stuff. I'm like, you know what? That is not a very biblical way or an appropriate way to view God. So friends, this is where we'll stop for today. 30 minutes. Let's have a time of uh fifteen minutes of uh interactions. And then we will close for tonight.